praise God. I still feel like the presence of the Lord is here. The glory of God is just hovering in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you so much to everybody who came today and showed up. We appreciate you coming. We would love for you to please stay after service and fellowship. Even if you didn't bring food, we still beg of you to stay after fellowship how many of you know that fellowship is just as much as being part of a church, as worshiping together and praying together and ministering to one another? Hallelujah. Because you may be okay in your circle, but there are people who are in this church that doesn't have a circle like you do, and they need you in their circle. They need godly friends. They need godly influences. Hallelujah. So if it's just me, you know, my, I've got my family. I've got my extended family close by. I could just be content with that. I don't need a lot of friends. But I make sure because I know that I need this fellowship, but I also know that others need this fellowship as well because they don't have that family structure that's in church and that is preaching and, and going to church and all of that. Hallelujah. So if not for you, please do it for your brother or your sister today who may be alone in their fight. Hallelujah. Because we don't want them to feel abandoned in what God is doing in their life. If you'd like to head in your Bibles to Jonah chapter 1, it is All Nations Sunday. And I, I can tell you that I am a proud pastor when I look out in this congregation and I see that there is not a majority in this place of color skin or even social, uh, those on the social ladder. It's not overly white, overly black, overly Hispanic, not overly rich, overly poor. 
I balance that one out. Praise God. <laughs> but we are here together. We're all different. And that's our strength. Amen. Praise God. And our diversity is our strength. And I am so thankful we've got people here who speak different languages. So thankful we've got people here who have brought in different cultures. That's what we want. That's what we need in this place. Amen. And we are so thankful for it. And we're going to talk about that today. Being All Nations Sunday, we want to reflect on the fact that God's called us to diversity. Amen. God's called us to diversity. Amen. If we are to reflect the gospel and the book of Acts, we always talk about wanting to be a book of Acts church, right? We want to be the book of Acts church and speaking in tongues, in our experiences, in our worship. Absolutely. But you know what? The book of Acts church was the most diverse group of people in all of Scripture. And we'll talk about, more about that in a minute. I don't have it in my notes, but i got to make a mental note right now to talk more about it later. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, Amittai saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it. For their wickedness is come up before me. So Jonah rose up. But he didn't rise up to go preach. He rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish, which was in the opposite direction. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. We can ha- hop over to verse 17, Jonah 1:17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish. Everybody say a big fish. To swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish. Three days and three nights. Let's hop over to chapter 2, verse 9. Jonah is in the middle of the whale, and he's praying to the Lord. He says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. This is the greatest revelation that he captured in this moment. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is of the Lord. Verse 10, And the Lord spake unto the fish, and the fish vomited out Jonah. All right, everybody ready to go eat now? Hallelujah. The fish vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Now we're going to skip a little bit to the end of the story. We're going to see after Jonah finally went to Nineveh and preached, they repented and God did not pour out his wrath upon them. Let's read Jonah's reaction. Jonah chapter 4 verse 1. It displeased Jonah exceedingly. The fact 
that God withstood and did not pour out his wrath upon Nineveh, it displeased Jonah. He was very angry. He went and prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Wow. There's a lot to unpack here today, and I'm going to try to do my best to explain fully. But today I want to talk to you about big faith or big fish. Hallelujah. Really, big faith, meet big fish. That's what we're talking about today. Big faith, meet big fish. How about we go to the Lord in prayer and let's ask God to speak to us, to minister to our hearts and minds for him just to have his way. Lord God, we're here today to hear what you want to say. We're here today, Lord God, to hear, Lord, what your plan is for this church. Give us direction, Lord. I pray that there be conviction in this house, but also encouragement, God, that as we hear your word, Lord Jesus, it would lift us up. It would give us fresh purpose and passion to reach the lost. I love you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for meeting us in our worship and in our praise. I give you all the honor and the glory and the power forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I was so thankful when Brother Victor was able to put up those lights. We got that map. Isn't that thing incredible? We'd love for you to go and get a picture with you and your family after service there. Hopefully the lighting will work out for you. Uh, and we're, we're still working on things, but I think it's an, an incredible thing. And, and I love the fact that I get to preach this sermon while I look there at that map. Hallelujah, because it just reminds me how great of a world there is out there. How great of the world there is out there. It reminds me how many people still have yet to hear the gospel. Hallelujah. How many people still have yet to be preached to? People who have not even heard of Jesus Christ, or perhaps they've heard of Jesus Christ, but they've not yet been preached to about Jesus' name, baptism. Maybe they've not heard about the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Maybe like John the Baptist followers, Paul said to them, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed Jesus? this week, I was able to talk to a gentleman who'd, who'd attended our church a few weeks ago, and I began to talk to him about the plan of salvation. I got to text them all, all about the repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said that he was a believer, and I asked him the same question that Paul asked John the Baptist believers. Hey, I asked him, I said, have you 
received the gift of the Holy Ghost since you believed? Have you been baptized in the name of Jesus since you believed? Hallelujah. The Bible says that those in the book of Acts would find believers, people who had somewhat of a truth, and they would bring them and say, I want to show you fullness of truth. Let me help you to understand the full plan of salvation. If you consider how many people are in our city who've not heard the full revelation of the gospel, which is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It gives me a burden that says we've got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of preaching to do. We got a lot of going to go do. We got a lot of evangelism to do because there's a world out there that needs to hear this. Mark 16 and 15. We know this very well. This is our commission. Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world. Everybody say all the world. All the world needs to hear this gospel. Hallelujah. That's why we've got our missionary map over there. That's all the missionaries in our organization who are spreading out around the globe. To preach the gospel. That's pretty cool. Amen. That's pretty cool to me. We are able to fulfill the great commission. Because right now we've got missionaries going all around the world. This is what we're called to do, folks. I know sometimes we get caught up coming to church, praying our prayers, doing our dances, and then we go home, and we never consider the great mission that God has given us. I tell you, this is still the mission of the church. This needs to be our passion. This needs to be our conviction that we would go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The gospel to every creature. Obviously, this isn't referencing animals. You don't have to go preach the gospel to your cat. It could be good practice, though. (laughs) Just trust me on this. Don't try to baptize it. (laughs) I know a preacher who was a farmer. He started preaching. He'd go out. In the, out in the farm, and he'd go to the cattle, and he'd preach to the cows. That's how he practiced, preach to the cows. Now, obviously, this passage of Scripture isn't referencing creatures as in animals, but it is an emphasis. It is an exaggeration so that we may understand that there is no human being that should be exempt. Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. There is no human being that is exempt. I don't care what color they are, where they are on the social scale. I don't care what nation they were born in. I don't care what language they speak. Every creature needs to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah, I feel the Holy Ghost. Every creature, everyone shout every creature. 
every creature every person who has a mind to think every person who has a mouth to speak must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord they're going to do it at some point I'd rather they do it now and skip the lines so that they too can be assured that they are saved and going to heaven oh I want every creature to hear the gospel to be baptized to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Every creature, everyone shout every creature. Hallelujah. And I believe that it doesn't matter who they are. If they should confess their sins, God will forgive them of their sins. Do you believe that here today? I remember hearing a story from Jessica Campitella, Joey evangelist Joey Campitella, no, now pastor Joey Campitella's wife, amazing evangelist, pastor, a friend of mine. They are just, uh, if you don't know who he is, you can look up his preaching. He's all over YouTube, very well known in our organization, Joey Campitella. His wife is a soul winner. And they had invited her specifically to teach on soul winning at one of the youth camps that I attended, that I worked at. And uh, she talked about all of her experiences, all of the souls that she had won to the Lord. She talked about being on a college campus and standing in her classroom. You know, her first day, she was all nervous and scared. She looked around at the crowd and, and she started pinpointing, okay, that person I, I think that they're going to receive this. I, I think that person I could befriend, and, and I, I, can, I can reach that person. And, and that person looks really kind. They're probably close. I can reach that person. She said she stood to her feet after class, and she announced to the class, after class, we're meeting out in the lawn area for a Bible study. I'm wondering if anybody would like to join us. She looked around the room. Nobody raised their hands, especially not the ones that she pointed out. But there was one guy. She said he had tattoos and piercings. He looked pretty rough. She said she was actually afraid of him physically. (laughs) He said he would like to come. He was the only one. So, well, Okay, she brought him out. They ended up baptizing him in the name of Jesus. He received a gift of the Holy Ghost, and now he's living for God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, because look, we may discount some people, but he does not discount them. We may make judgments based on our vision and what we perceive to be somebody's motivations, but the Lord doesn't look on the outside. The Lord looks on the heart, and the Lord knows if they're able to come or not come. I tell you, I've seen good people receive the Holy Ghost, 
and I've seen drug addicts receive the Holy Ghost. I've seen people who never gotten in trouble with the law get baptized, and I've seen people who've done great jail time get baptized. Why? Because every creature, every creature, every creature deserves to hear the gospel. Psalms 86 and 5. Hallelujah. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. You know he's ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He just waits on us. We sin. We fall short. We mess up. We walk away. We are ashamed. We cover our face. God, certainly you can't forgive me now. Certainly you can't. Certainly I've just gone too far. Certainly I can't come into your presence right now. But the Bible says he's ready to forgive. He's ready. Why? Because he's plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon him. That means he's rich. He's rich in mercy. Verse 15, it says, But thou, O Lord, art our God, full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. He does not ignore truth. Hallelujah. He's abundant in truth. He's plenteous in truth, but he's also plenteous in mercy. Hallelujah, God. He's plenteous in mercy. And I'm telling you, even the worst of sinners can find mercy in the presence of God. We've heard reports of serial killers in jail. They still had to fulfill their physical obligation to the public. I know of one man who was a serial killer. He ended up dying because of what he had done. But before he did, a preacher was able to preach to him. And he repented of his sins. He was baptized in the name of Jesus and received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, to you and I, you can even feel it in the atmosphere. That rubs some people a little bit wrong. But he is plenteous in mercy to all who call upon him, no matter what they've done. If they call upon him, he's plenteous in mercy. And though he still had to face the repercussions of his actions, I believe today if he was genuine in it, and he went to that chair, I believe it was the chair that he had to go to, he went to that chair with a truly repentant heart, one day we may share the streets of gold with him. Because that's how gracious our Lord is. Hebrews 4.15, how could God be so merciful and gracious I know I've preached this many times. I'll try not to belabor this point, but for we have not an high priest 
which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are. Yet Jesus lived without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I still believe in the throne of grace. I believe that that throne which he sits on, yes, it's a throne of judgment. And one day he'll cast judgment on every sinner. But today, that throne is not represented in judgment. It's represented in grace. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because, listen, I don't deserve the mercy and grace of God. And you don't deserve the mercy and grace of God. You think that for some reason, because we've maybe sinned less than some other people, that we might deserve it a little bit more? I rebuke that in Jesus' name. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If any of us are going to be saved, then we need to go to that throne of grace. And even the wicked, evil, sinful Nineveh, when they heard the preaching of Jonah, they repented and they turned their heart around. Let's read it in Jonah 3, 7. And he calls to the, it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one his evil way and from the violence that is in his hands. Who can tell? Listen, listen, we don't know for sure. We don't have great confidence in this. I I can't tell you exactly that God will forgive us. But I know that if we try, then we do everything we can. It's better than if we just sit here and have to taste the judgment of the Lord. For who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? Hallelujah. And the Bible says in verse 10 that God saw their works and that they turned from their evil ways and God repented of the evil that he had said he would do unto them and he did it not. Don't you realize that there are two repentances that goes on when a person is saved? There's the repentance of the heart and mind of the unbeliever who turns their life around and walks away from sin and walks toward God. But there's also a repentance in the heart of God where he says, I would cast judgment. I repent. And now I will have mercy where I would cast my justice. Now I will have grace. Hallelujah. God repents just as we repent. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Hallelujah. They did not have confidence. They did not know for sure. 
Why? Because even though Jonah preached to them, Jonah did not preach to them the love, mercy, and grace of God. When Jonah came into Nineveh, all he did was proclaim that judgment was coming. In his defense, God did tell him to speak against the city. His job, his mission was to cry against the city, to declare the coming judgment. But see, Jonah knew better. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Jonah knew better. Jonah knew that his crying against the city may result in actions. Jonah, why did Jonah run? If you could put that up for me. He didn't run because of fear of persecution. He didn't run because of low self-esteem. He didn't run because he doubted his success. In fact, Jonah did not run because he lacked in faith at all. Jonah ran. Are you ready for this? Jonah ran because he had big faith. Jonah ran because he believed in the grace and mercy of God. Jonah ran because he knew if I preach to them, they're going to repent and God will repent of his judgment. You see, Faith alone cannot get the job done. And we can be as faith-filled as possible. We could believe in signs and wonders, miracles. We can pray for the sick and they be healed. We can prophesy. We can be used in the gifts. We could be great and powerful, mighty, faith-filled Christians. And it would not be enough to see this world saved. Why? Because we can't just have faith. We must also have compassion. We must also have love toward our brother. We must also recognize that they need God. You see, Jonah's mindset was this. They deserve it. Let me tell you, hallelujah, they may deserve it, but that's not my judgment call. That's his judgment call. I don't get to choose who goes to heaven. I'm not called to make the choice. He's called to make the choice. I'm just called to go fishing. I'm just called to go fishing. I'm just called to lay out my nets, and God will sort it out later. Matthew 13, 47, a parable from the Lord. He says again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered every kind. Shout every kind. Every kind. There were some good looking fish. 
Then there are some fish like me, not good looking. <laughs> there are some big fish. There are some small fish. Hallelujah. There are some fish that snapped at you. There are some fish that was like a lamb to the slaughter. A diversity of fish. I believe this is the greatest example of evangelism that we have. I believe that, again, Jesus said, I will call you to be fishers of men. In our mindset, a lot of times we look at that like a pole. In actuality, what it is is a net. We're not here trying to fish for a particular type of fish. We're not here trying to catch the rich. We're here to cast a net and say, God, if it's your will, you put them in. God, if it's your will, you put them in. Put them in. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't, oh, hallelujah. It doesn't matter what they act like. God hears the net. Verse 48, which when it was full, they drew it to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be. At the end, everybody say the end. Are we there yet? No, we're not there yet. It's close, but we're not there yet. It's, oh, praise God. There's some people who they make a living sorting fish. They come to church, and that's everything that they do. That's their whole mindset. They sort the fish. This person belongs here. This person belongs here. We can't have just, we can't have a diversity in church. We got to have English church and then Spanish church and then Haitian church and Jamaican church. And uh, listen, I, and I respect every one of those traditions. I'm not knocking wanting to have something that is more part of your tradition. I'm not knocking that. But at the end of the day, we're all gathered in the same net. <laughs> We're all gathered in the same net. We're all part of the same kingdom. At the end of the world, God can sort them. I'm not here trying to sort them. I'm here trying to gather them. Come on, your job is not here to sort them. It's your job to gather them. Everybody say, my job is to gather. His job is to sort so it shall be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from the just and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Hallelujah. That's not my job. That's his job. I'm here to gather, not to sort. I'm here to gather, not to sort. James 2 and 1. My brethren, have or hold not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons or partiality of persons. In other words, you've got the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, but don't just have faith for certain individuals. Jonah, you're full of faith. Jonah, you are absolutely full of faith. 
You know if you preach to the Ninevites that they'll repent and then God will repent of his judgment. But what you are is you are a respect of persons. For there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring in goodly apparel or fine apparel. And there come in also a poor man in vile raiment or filthy clothes. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing or you pay attention to the one with the nice clothes. And say unto him, sit thou here in a good place. But you say to the poor, stand thou there or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves? In other words, have ye not discriminated among yourselves and are become judges with evil thoughts? When we hold one individual above the other, we put ourselves in the place of the judge. There's a reason why the throne of grace is not mine to sit on. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not the one sitting on the throne. He is. And he's called it the throne of grace and mercy. You see, because when big faith is mixed with a prejudiced spirit, it lands you in the belly of the big fish. He tried to hide from God because he knew if he went to Nineveh, they would repent. Let me tell you, Jonah sinned by doing this. I know that's a big statement, but let me be very, very clear. Racism is a sin. Holding a prejudiced point of view and attitude is a sin. And it doesn't matter whose it's toward. Right? Doesn't matter if it's poor against rich, rich against poor, black, white, Hispanic, Asian. Doesn't matter. To hold one person above another simply because of the way they look, their social status, any of those things. It is a sin. James 2 and 8, let me tell you why I believe it's a sin. James 2 and 8, if you fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, ye do well. And the point he's about to make is it doesn't matter who your neighbor is. It doesn't matter who they, what they look like, how much money they have in the bank. doesn't matter who the neighbor is. Verse 9, but if ye have respect to persons, ye commit sin and are convinced of the law as transgressors. That word convinced means convicted. 
you're convicted by the law as transgressors. That's big stuff. And I'm not here to make political statements. I'm not, you know what, let's leave out all the political stuff outside the doors. That, that belongs to them. That doesn't belong to the church, amen? Oh, how, how about I get some backup on that one? That belongs to the world. That doesn't belong to the church. And the moment that the diversity, the, the differences of, of opinion and, and backgrounds and, and all those things, the diversion, the uh, uh, separation of different peoples out there begins to infect the church, then we've already messed up. Because in here, it's red, yellow, black, or white, all are precious in his sight. Hallelujah. All are precious in his sight. I had a lady tell me one time, and I've, I've seen racism. We've all seen racism. This was one of the most astonishing things I had heard from her. Her son had married a black woman. And she was explaining to me the situation. Of course, he was Caucasian. He was white. And uh, he did it kind of in secret. He didn't tell them. And when he did tell them, it was a shock to them. They were over at their house or at a restaurant or something like that. And the son walked away with the dad and left her the mom to sit there with the new wife. I remember her saying just with such a disgusting attitude. So I didn't have anything to talk to her about. I can't relate to her in any way. This black woman, who, well, I couldn't relate to her. What do I have to talk to her about? Oh, man, a pit came in my stomach. <laughs> I thought how horrible of a mindset that is. Hallelujah. We are all on level ground. I know we've got different backgrounds. Hallelujah. That diversity, though, is enough to talk about. Why don't you talk about that? Hallelujah. Learn about each other's traditions and backgrounds and, and how your parents were different than my parents and how your mindset's different because of this and that in your background. These are things that we can discuss and grow in. Hallelujah. But just to make a decision. Hallelujah. That I've got nothing in common with a person because of the color of their skin is disgusting and it is sinful. Can I tell you, Jonah, you're never going to be anything if you got that kind of a mindset. 1 Corinthians 13 and 1. This is in the New King James Version and I'm almost done. But it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and I understand all mysteries, I have all knowledge. And though I have all faith, 
so much faith that I could remove the mountain. But if I have not love, I am nothing. I'd like to point something out here. It doesn't say that it is nothing. You can preach and still have prejudice in your heart. You can prophesy, speak in tongues, do all those things. You know what? You may even be effective. Jonah was effective at preaching, even though he didn't want them to repent. He had prejudice in his heart. So it doesn't say that faith will be nothing. It says, without love, I am nothing. Jonah, without love, you're nothing. Because even though you may preach and move, you may have faith to move mountains, even though you may preach and see all of Nineveh repent, at the end of the day, Jonah sat on a hill pouting about what God had just done. Jonah the Bible says, fell into depression, wanted to die. That's how much he hated the Ninevites. So the story of Jonah ends with the redemption of Nineveh and the pouting of Jonah. If we could stand here today. We could preach, we could have faith, we could move mountains. We could do all of that. But at the end of the day, they may repent. But am I okay? Am I all right in my walk with God? Even if I ignore my prejudices, and I go out and I pray with people, I preach to them, and I still hold things in my heart against my brother or my sister or against those who are in this world. I am nothing. First Corinthians thirteen thirteen. let me tell you, my brothers and sisters, I hope that you get faith. I hope that God fills you with faith enough to move the mountains. But of these three things, faith, hope, and love, the greatest is love. I pray today not that God would move us in the gifts of the Spirit. I pray not today that we would walk out of here with great big faith, although I'd love it to happen. I pray today that we'd walk out of here with big love. That we walk out of here with a compassion for our neighbors, for a compassion for our co-workers, a compassion for our family members. And look, maybe they're racist, maybe they're prejudiced, but that we would have compassion on them and love for them because, listen, the love is able to turn the racist heart. Love is able to turn the heart of the prejudice. Love and compassion is able to do it. Oh, I pray 
way that we would have loved today. Big faith can lead you into the mouth of the whale if it's with prejudice. But big faith with big love can change nations. It can change me. I'm done today. I would love for us to find a place to call upon the name of the Lord, to ask the Lord to help us. You may say, well, pastor, I've never been prejudiced. I don't have that in my heart. Oh, really? Really? Oh, how about you explore a little bit deeper? How about you just make sure today before you leave this place that you've got love for your brothers and sisters? (laughs) Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Oh, Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, God, give us faith. God, give us hope. God, give us love. But of all these three, Lord, I want love the most. God, I pray that you would give us the gifts of the Spirit, but I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would also give us the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. But let us not be prideful. Let us not be arrogant. Let us not esteem ourselves greater than others. Oh, Jesus God.
the day of Pentecost was marked because yes 120 in the upper room received the gift of the Holy Ghost but also when they came out of that upper room and Peter began to preach to them there was a diversity of different groups who were there to celebrate Pentecost hallelujah there are multiple different languages multiple different races and yet God gave them great revival and gave them great mercy and great grace hallelujah if we're to be like the first church we too must see a diversity in our congregation we must expect to see that God will pour out his spirit on all flesh all flesh hallelujah Jesus oh God bless our diversity God encourage us in our diversity and in our differences help us Lord God to see the best strengths and not weaknesses help us Lord Jesus to lift each other up above ourselves 